Thanks for joining us for another episode. I'm Keith. I'm Kate. And it's okay if you're not okay with COVID-19. This is our fourth special edition episode as we, as we are reflecting on our mental health and experiences with COVID-19, stay-at-home orders, physical distancing. And so uh, today it's just me and Kate. Uh, you heard from Renee last week and John the week before. And just reflecting on what it's been like. Some of us have been working from home. I'm in my sixth week now working from home. Kate, uh, you've been back and forth a little bit between from home and office, right? Yeah, I think this is my, I think I'm on a week and a half of being home consistently. Yeah, yeah. And then you heard from John and Kate, these or John and Renee these last two weeks that they have been working uh, primarily from the office. And so we all have these different experiences. And so today we want to talk a little bit about how does self-care and, and how do uh, coping skills look differently now than they normally would in our lives. And so if you remember, for all you avid listeners, back in episode four, we uh, talked in great detail about the difference between coping and self-care. Kate, help us remember what the differences are there. Well, I'm so excited that I get to save myself this time because for <laughs> those who listened in episode four, um, you heard me make a mistake that is often made both myself and others of confusing or not even so much confusing, but having self-care and coping be pulled together as one. So I'm going to redeem myself today and just say that the two are separate um, self-care on one end is going to be more of the replenishing of your reserves, for lack of a better word, when we talk about mental health. Um, so it's going to be the intentional acts that are done to help maintain or sustain our mental, our emotional, and our physical well-being. So that, on one hand, is self-care. And then on the opposite end, we've got our coping strategies which are going to be those that I like to think of as the strategies that we put into place to tide us over and to help us navigate through in a healthy way, difficult emotions or situations that arise. So one is more preventive or proactive in nature. The other one is more of, for lack of a better word, a reactive or intervention type of method um, as we talk about how we navigate our mental wellness. Yeah, I think I remember um, talking a little bit about self-care as being rhythms or patterns or habits that we do uh, regularly on some consistent basis over the long term. It's, you, you mentioned proactive, you know, there's kind of a plan in mind uh, where uh, coping is kind of our immediate response to this one situation right now. Yeah, yeah. So I am curious to hear from you, and, and, I, and I can jump in here too, um, how we felt our self-care and coping uh, has shifted in uh, our favorite COVID cliche, the new normal of right now. Um, oh, one of the many COVID cliches, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's so many. Uh, go back to Renee's episode if you have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> last week. Um, I know for me, so I've, I've been doing a lot more coping than I normally do uh, as far as every, like daily. Uh, I feel like I have less of a plan and I'm, and I'm just coping. So uh, for you new listeners, I'm at home working full time. My wife is home working full time and we have four kids who are here full time. And so the anxiety and stress of, of that, the, the new pressures, 
definitely pushed me into having to cope with immediate situations more often, which for me has been primarily um, eating a lot more food, uh, some healthy, some not healthy, but definitely more all around. Uh, and so that is something that comes in and out in other times, but I'm definitely feeling that on a regular basis being at home all the time. Yeah, I think that you're in good company with a lot of people uh, talking about the fact that right now, I think a lot of our community that at least, um, at least that I've been talking with is that we are functioning from a pretty uh, normative state, for lack of a better word, in that coping capacity, because we are dealing with an unprecedented time. Every day things can look different. We are navigating new roles that can shift on a day-to-day basis. And all of this, especially for those, so I know for myself, which is both a self-care and a coping strategy, I've had to step away from the news and I've actually had to step away from it entirely. I couldn't tell you anything that's going on unless it pops up on my uh, news alert on my phone because it was just too much to see that changing on a regular basis. And so um, I know with individuals I'm talking with, there's a lot of coping that's happening right now in the community. And I think eventually we'll shift to more of a self-care nature, but I think it's also important to recognize that there are individuals right now who are doing well with everything that's going on. Not the fact that they want COVID-19 to be happening, but they are transitioning well to having a stay-at-home role. Um, Maybe they're introverts and so have the opportunity to have some of that alone time and connecting with individuals through um, other media avenues rather than just face-to-face has been a positive for them. And so for them, they might be functioning more in the self-care role. And so I think it's important that we validate where we're at and that we don't feel guilt if we need more self-care than coping or we need more coping than self-care. Yeah, I think that's, that's helpful. Um, so I've recognized that my eating has been coping, but I've also recognized that um, be, in recognizing that it's coping, I've recognized that that's isn't and can't be a long-term solution to dealing with my anxiety and stress. And so by acknowledging that I've been coping with this increased anxiety by eating more, I'm also acknowledging that I need to start building some other structure and patterns in my life um, to uh, help me be able to manage it in other ways. So I'm no longer coping, but I'm able to uh, have some better self-care in general. So I'm not needing uh, that, um, I don't have that urge to cope in that way on such a regular basis. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point. Hopefully, I don't get in trouble for saying saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways, just in case. Um, I think it's important to also recognize that how we are using the strategy. So you say that you're using food to cope, but we also know that food can be a way for self-care. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is if we're choosing foods that um, – you know, are high in omega-3s and omega-6s, or we're having avocados or other foods that can help promote brain wellness and mental health. Uh, That's a great way to um, practice some self-care and to cope in a way 
that uh, we're working to really sustain that mental well-being. And so uh, I think for whatever strategy we're using, it can be a healthy strategy or a not so healthy one. And any strategy can go vice versa. Because I also think about um, exercise, for example, we tend to think of that as a great healthy um, self-care or coping strategy, depending on how it's used. But if that um, strategy is misused, it can quickly go over into an unhealthy way of um, coping or self-care. And so I think it's really important that we, especially as we are in isolation, uh, that we are looking at how we're engaging with the different strategies because um, sometimes our negative behaviors, I don't even like to use the word negative, um, that kind of feels yucky. The unhealthy behaviors can thrive in isolation. And so I just encourage anyone who's listening or anyone who's in a caregiver or a supportive role um, to kind of keep that in mind. Because I know I have some amazing friends around me who have even called me on that, uh, where I had lost track of maybe some healthy coping strategies that had gotten a little wonky. And so um, just another thing that we can keep in mind and look for as we're providing supports for ourselves and others. Yeah, I want to come back to your media. You're pointing out about uh, not engaging in media, but before I do, I, it just made me think we have a, a helpful article on our website, joecogov.org slash mental health. Just scroll down a little bit. You can find one that says um, it's okay if you're not okay with COVID-19, which was the first place we used uh, sort of that title is an article that that talks about how um, this experience that we're having and we're all having it, it could be considered collective trauma. And what that means for our community is that we are responding to the situation in some of the very many similar ways that anybody would ex experience a significant trauma in their life. And it has physical uh, impacts, it has emotional impacts, it has cognitive impacts. And so that article really helped spell some of those out. But one of the things that came to mind as you were talking about both food and exercise is that um, those have to be in balance. And that, that article talks a little bit about that, that one of the ways that people sometimes try and deal with trauma is by being super hyperactive. Uh, and mm -hmm. so they can avoid the anxiety, which again, that's not a sustainable self-care model. That's more of a, an unhealthy coping in the long term. So I just want um, you know point people to the article uh, is helpful. But coming back to the media, I think that's an interesting one because you mentioned it as coping. So going back to the coping versus self-care, I think it can be coping, but I think that it can shift into a self-care model too. Oh, I, for sure. For because sure. I've, I've done the same. Um, there are times like, so there are times in the moment where I, it might be on social media, like, oh, I got to turn this off because I can tell that my anxiety is raising because I, uh, I've been very bothered or frustrated or emotionally responsive to the things that people say on social media that's happening right now. Um, and even now I can feel the anger like flaring up on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> In any case. Um, so coping when I feel that when I'm on social media and I feel that and I turn that off, that's a coping mechanism. I, I'm, I'm removing it, but I've realized too that since I've been able to tell that being in it all day. So I, I work with communications around COVID-19 all day, every day. And so to consume a lot of media about that raises my anxiety a lot and I feel more exhausted. And so I, I, would, I would identify for me at this point, it's a self-care model that I don't look into the media, that I'm not reading news. I'm staying up to date on local stuff, on hyper-local that impacts me and my family. But the stuff that is national or international that's 
uh, for me outside of my sphere of control and I, and I just need to let it go. Part of me letting that go is not knowing it. I have a friend on the other hand, uh, uh, she's an avid listener to this podcast. So I'm cer- sure she's going to hear this. And so shout out to you, you know who you are, um, who I think that reading all of the news and knowing all the information is part of her self-care during right now. Uh, for her having the information to know what the facts are so she doesn't have to, um, so she knows what's true and not just what's rumors or what people are making up or what's opinion. Uh, I have gotten a sense from her that that's been really helpful for her to, to read all the news and to know the facts versus opinions. Uh, and so those two opposite practices that I think are self-care for two different people. For, so knowing yourself is a really important component of this. Oh, sure. I cannot agree more. Um, I think it's, again, comes back to knowing the why behind the decisions that you're making for whether you're doing self-care, coping, and the strategies that you're picking. Because as we talk about it, you know, for me, I would even go as far as to say that my desire to cut out all media is an avoidant strategy and not Mm. a strategy that I'm using in moderation. And so I'm not to say that mine's right or wrong, or if anyone else is doing what I'm doing, that they're wrong, not saying that at all, but there is truth to the fact that you can, when you engage with some level of media, whether it's at a local level, like you're talking about, or at a higher level, like your friends engaging in, it's important to uh, make informed decisions. I mean, that's how you can calm some of your anxiety sometimes by having all that information and knowing how you can effectively respond. So I think how people practice self-care and coping is very much individualized and it's a very much uh, fluid type of strategy. You know, what works for you one day will possibly not work for you the next day or even if it's a similar situation, it might not be effective in the next one. And so it's just navigating that and giving yourself grace as you are learning how to cope with everything going on again in a very unprecedented situation that we've not been in and experienced on this level in this magnitude. So I highly recommend people give themselves grace as they figure this out and understand that none of us have it figured out. And so continuing to learn, change, and grow, going back to our earlier episodes, um, finding what that is for you and continuing to track what works, what doesn't, maybe track things that you are interested in trying moving forward and finding ways to make it fun. So, um, and then I'll get off my soapbox here in a second, but (laughs) we talk about self-care and coping Sometimes we think about it as just one more task, one more thing that we have to do, one more thing that we have to add into our our schedule. And so finding ways to make it fun or if yeah, you, there's going to be a ton of guilt with that. Yeah. Find Did it. you say, you say the ton of guilt? Is that what you said? Yeah. A ton of guilt. Yep. Yes. And it's so true. And so one of the things that I, I talk with school professionals about or families or have to even say to myself is find out what it is that aligns with your values and beliefs. And if you are hearing us talk and you are someone who just really feels immense guilt about taking care of yourself during this time when so many others are needing support, then maybe we reward it. And instead of you doing it for yourself, you say, 
I need to be my best for my students or for my family or for my work and to be my best and give my best. I need to take care of myself so that I have something to give. And so sometimes that change in how we word it can help um, increase someone's ability to take those steps without feeling guilt. Or I even encourage people to find ways to blend their self-care or coping strategy with giving back to the community. So if you're someone who enjoys um, art or sewing or crocheting, I'm just throwing stuff out, then maybe if you're someone who does sewing, then maybe you can sew masks. And so as you are practicing self-care or coping, however you're choosing to use it, you're also able to contribute those to the community need. And so there's ways that you can go about it if you're feeling guilt. And I think uh, to bridge that over to uh, those, those of us who are at home with our families, there's can be um, that same sense of guilt as far as having kids at home. I know that it's been really hard uh, to have really good self-care practices or even feeling like I have a minute to myself uh, since I've been home for six weeks with, with my family. Um, and so it's hard to try and carve out that time. And so one of the things that I've done that, that sometimes more successfully than others, but is to try and invite at least some of my kids into my self-care uh, strategies or into my, into my practices. And so for me, one of the, the two things that I've been doing that have helped recharge me, um, taking walks when it's nice and then going on drives. Um, sometimes I'll drive for an hour and a half just around um, or drive, drive around um, a park or a lake or something. I won't get out of the car just driving. And so one of the things I've done, because I can't just get up and leave my, my kids alone by themselves um, or if my wife's in meetings, you know, they can't just all stay here with my wife when she's in a meeting. So right. um, I'll invite them with me to take my kids on a walk or to uh, take my uh, kids on a drive and play music. And sometimes for them, sometimes they take a nap when we're driving and that's what they really need at the time. So there, right. there's ways you can still invite your family into some of your self-care um, as practices too. And there's just as much guilt there as there are for um, those who, with that desire to, to serve community. It's a similar, it's a similar feeling. Absolutely. And I, I just have to pause. So I'm on here. Um, I work in the field, but I'm not a parent. And so I have the just pleasure of seeing all of these parents do so many amazing things for their kids right now. And the parents might not be seeing all of the tremendous uh, memories that they're creating with their kids. You know, I was saying this a little bit ago, but try to give yourself grace one day, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road. You know, we will remember how stressful the situation was, but our kids are likely to remember the car rides that they went on with you or the walks or the um, arts and crafts that you all were doing and all of those memories made. And I just have to say thank you to all the parents listening, those who are in supporting roles, whether as a parent or not, you all are doing tremendous work and I just can't thank you enough for that. I totally echo that. If you are in need of mental health services right now, I'm thinking you might need to start services or your kids are having a, a especially difficult time, please reach out to us. You can uh, call 913-826-4200 to start services with us. Uh, if you're in a mental health crisis or someone you're caring for or with is in a mental health crisis, you can call our 24-7 crisis line at 
268-0156. We have a lot of resources on our webpage, which I mentioned earlier, jococov.org slash mental health. And uh, we'll have more things coming out. In fact, check our, our Facebook page in the next few weeks. We're going to start live streaming some of our podcast recording episodes. So those will continue to come as well. Just as a wrap up, the business port, the business part. <laughs> I like it. Maybe that'll stick. <laughs> business, the business pork or something. Else. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not necessarily represent those of Johnson County Mental Health Center or Johnson County government. I'm Keith. I'm Kate. And it's okay if you're not okay with COVID-19.